Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Cindy Gallup, founder of Make Love, Not Porn. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter. Typewriter is your on-demand editor, and their amazing team of writers will make your book chapter, blog post, or email shine. Typewriter editors come from places like TechCrunch, Gizmodo, and the New York Times, and they offer low bulk rates for longer work. Check it out at typewriter.plus. That's typewriter.plus. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Cindy Gallup. She's the founder of Make Love Not Porn. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks, John. Thrilled to be here. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is one of my... Um, this is a pet topic of mine. I think uh, sex tech and uh, and the way things are going to be changing in terms of relationships, in terms of the way we interact with each other. Uh, I've I've become sort of the uh, the resident uh, sex toy expert at TechCrunch, primarily because nobody else wants to touch it. <laughs> um, oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! I don't know if I don't know if that says something about me or if it says something about them. I think it says more about them, right? Um, yeah, it, it it says only good things about you, John. Trust good, me. Good. 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 All right, so why don't you tell us about what you're working on? Make Love Not Porn, I've, uh, I've been following this for, for years now, and you've been working on this. Uh, why don't you describe what, you're, what it is? Sure. So um, Make Love Not Porn, I mean, in the first instance, is an accident. Um, came out of my direct personal experience dating younger men and discovering that in the absence of talking openly and honestly about sex, porn inevitably becomes default sex education. Mm-hmm. So um, Make Love Not Porn began as a clunky little no-money um, porn world versus real world site, and following the extraordinary global response it got when I launched it at TED 2009, I turned it into a business, um, into the world's first um, social sex video sharing platform, which basically acts as a real world sex counterpoint to porn purely in order to help make it easier for everybody to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. At Make Love Not Porn, we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part isn't the sex, it's the social. Interesting. So why don't you just talk about that? So we're so historically sex has been behind closed doors. You don't you don't you don't discuss it. Uh, when you think about your parents doing it, it's the it's the most disgusting thing in the world. Whereas now uh, after moving through, I would argue, a period of um, almost gratuitous sex, but just on the edge of it uh, in terms of advertising, in terms of, in terms of our culture, we're moving into a place that I think is electronically enhanced and I think you think is electronically enhanced as well. Well, you know, um, here's the interesting thing um, about what I'm doing, um, John, because when I say um, we don't talk about sex, Mm -hmm. um, here's especially what what I mean. Because we don't talk about sex generally in the real world, um, it's a massive area of insecurity for every single one of us Mm -hmm. all around the world, no exceptions. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual ego is very fragile. And as a result, people find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you are terrified that if you say anything at all about what is going on, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings. 
you will put them off you, you will derail the encounter, you'll potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, you want to please your partner, you want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed, no one knows exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. So you'll seize your cues on how to do that from anywhere you can. If the only cues you've ever seen are important, because your parents didn't talk to you about sex, your school didn't teach you, your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you'll take to not very good effect. And that is why, um, as a champion of sex tech, um, I am particularly focused on ensuring that Make Love Not Porn achieves its mission. Because you can invent the most cutting edge, innovative sex toy in the entire universe, but if a couple cannot bring themselves to talk to each other about their sex life, they're never gonna buy and use it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the world of sex tech, everybody needs what, what, what we're setting out to do with Make Love Not Porn. And, and incidentally, um, you know, the reason I've emerged as a champion of sex tech is because I began um, working to raise just $2 million in funding to scale Make Love Not Porn two and a half years ago, found it enormously challenging. Our, our biggest obstacle raising funding is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think operates around sex unlike any other area. And so I realized um, two and a half years ago that I was gonna have to pave my own way. I have to break down the business barriers in my own path if I want to scale Make Love Not Porn to be the billion dollar venture I know it can be. And so I began doing what I tell other entrepreneurs to do, which is when you have a truly world-changing startup, you have to change the world to fit it, Uh not the way around. I like to say I'm in the Steve Jobs business of reality distortion, because if reality tells me that I can't grow Make Love Not Porn the way I want to, I'm going to change reality. And what I mean by that is, I deliberately therefore began defining, pioneering and championing my own category, sex tech, purely to create a climate of receptivity for funding. So I literally wrote the definition of sex tech. If if you Google what is sex tech, I'm result number one on page number one. And incidentally, sex tech is any form of technology or tech venture designed to innovate, disrupt, enhance in any area of human sexuality and human Mm -hmm. sexuality. It's right here, yeah. Yep. I coined the hashtag sex tech. I didn't invent the term, but I'm responsible for propagating the hashtag widely. And I began speaking at tech conferences all around the world on why the next big thing in tech is disrupting sex. Because at base level, if I just say that loudly enough, often enough, in enough places, people start believing it. Uh So I've been doing that for the past two and a half years. I've still not managed to find um, the investors I need. And so about eight or nine months ago, I went, okay, this isn't working. Going to have to take things to the next level. In order to get my own startup funded, I'm going to have to get the entire category funded. So I'm now doing two things simultaneously, still working to raise that two million for Make Love Not Porn, my own startup is my priority. But at the same time, I'm now working to raise $200 million Mm -hmm. to start the world's first and only sex tech fund. Because if nobody else is going to do it, then I will. And by the way, John, I haven't the faintest idea how you start a fund. (laughs) (laughs) Someone on Twitter, play me back to myself. Um, Um, Okay. I said it on a panel um, a couple of years ago, anything good in business only ever happened to somebody who went, don't think I'm qualified to do this, going to go ahead and do it anyway. So that's what I'm doing. Um, So I gave my fund a name, registered the URL um, and and registered the company. Um, The name of my sex tech fund is derived from a quote by Chairman Mao, who famously said many years ago in the interest of gender equality, 
women hold up half the sky. Mm-hmm. I think that's relatively unambitious. My sex tech <laughs> fund is called All the Sky Holdings. Okay. And the derivation is deliberate because I intend, when I can raise this fund, to invest in two specific areas. The first is radically innovative sex tech ventures founded by women. The most interesting things in sex tech today are coming from female founders. We are owning our sexuality, finding unique ways to leverage it in business terms because we get the enormous market that is women's needs, wants, and desires historically deemed too embarrassing, shameful, or taboo to address in business. And by the way, John, when you tap that huge primary market, you tap a huge secondary market of extremely happy men. Uh And then the second area I want to invest in is every business obstacle I encounter is a huge disruptive business opportunity in itself. I want to fund the infrastructure of sex tech, the sex tech full stack. Because the first payment processor that operates a new definition of adult content to embrace legal, ethical, transparent sex tech ventures like mine cleans up. The first bank, the first hosting provider, the first every business service. And so I want to fund the ecosystem of sex tech in order to blow this out into the next trillion dollar category in tech. That's what I'm doing. Beautiful. I mean, that's... uh... So yeah, we can hopefully hopefully somebody who's listening can help you uh, help you build this fund. So what what has what have you been facing? Uh, I've been talking to you for a while, and and the message that you've been receiving is that investors would love to invest, but they're afraid that what other people are going to think. Um, um, yeah, I mean, um, here's the um, enormous irony, John. Every obstacle I encounter is why I have to do what I'm doing, which is socializing and normalizing all of this, because it's extraordinary how much this is literally the final frontier. Silicon Valley welcomes innovation and disruption in every other area of our lives except this one, the one which not only badly needs it, but also has the ability to make far more money for investors than any other area. And um, here's an example of how ludicrous um, uh, current mindsets are. Later on this month, um, Mary Meeker um, will present for Kleiner Perkins, as she does every year, her eagerly awaited annual internet trends. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that, every, that this year, as with every other year, Mary Meeker will present 200 slides containing every possible trend in tech that presentation will omit any mention of the single biggest use of the internet, porn, mm-hmm. and the biggest impact and trend that is having on real world sex. And by the way, um, this year, as I do every other year, I will tweet the fucking shit out of this at Mary Meek and Kleiner Perkins. <laughs> and I guarantee you once again, none of them will respond to me. Uh. So, um, you know, th- this is, this is the, the ridiculousness um, th- um, that we're, we're facing. And so, you know, I, I mean, the reason I keep going against, you know, all of these um, extraordinary odds and challenges is because I see every day the enormous traction um, that we have with Make Love Not Porn, even bootstrapping it. And I also have unique access to extraordinary sex tech deal flow. Because of the position I now occupy as a global champion of sex tech, sex tech founders write to me from all around the world every day. And, and, and they all, you know, they pour their hearts out. They're, they're looking for advice, input, feedback. They face all the same challenges, can't get funded, you know, can't, um, can't put the infrastructure in place. 
Unfortunately, right now, I have to do a cut and paste email that goes, love what you're doing. And by the way, there's some bloody amazing mm-hmm. ideas in there. Um, you know, sorry, I'm drowning keeping my own startup alive. But trust me, I'm working on something that's designed to help all of us. But I therefore see the extraordinary potential. And, you know, I'm, I'm working on the pitch deck for All the Sky at the moment, um, ahead of, you know, sending that out and going on the road with it. And, you know, one of the things that I also see enormous potential in is the fact that everything in tech is redeployable. Uh Rule 34 of the Internet states, if it exists, there is porn of it. Gallup's rule of sex tech states, if the tech exists, it can be redeployed as sex tech. Every every piece of technology, every tech venture, every platform um, can be, you know, re-leveraged in the context of sex. And so, you know, um, um, that makes making money, and and by the way, also, you know, doing good by opening up this whole area, so incredibly easy. Uh And, you know, when you, so so I, I obviously have been campaigning for all of this very publicly for a long time. But, you know, the, the answer to everything that worries people about this whole area ironically, is not to shut down, censor, clamp down, block, repress. It's to open up. Open up the dialogue around all of this. Open up to welcoming, supporting, and funding entrepreneurs like me who want to disrupt all of this for the better. Open up to allowing us to do business in the same way everyone else does. And when you do that, you completely change the landscape of sex tech and adult generally. Uh I like to repurpose um, in this context Wayne LaPierre of the NRA's infamous gun control (laughs) code. Um, The only thing that stops a bad guy with a business is a good guy with a better business. Okay. Beautiful. All right, so this is I'm I'm excited to hear about this because I want to see this I want to see this uh, succeed. Is ha, how are the how are the other uh, I guess the bigger names in this space? How do they work with you? Do they work with you well? Uh, I'm thinking about like the live Jasmines and and these folks who are who are I guess quote unquote killing it simply because they're they're delivering a product that everybody wants. Are they are they working with you well or how does that work? Well, so, so a couple of points on that, John. The, the first is that, um, again, ironically, there's a lot less money currently in this space than anybody thinks, and mm-hmm. also than, than that could actually be made um, adopting the principles approach that I'm I'm trying to perpetuate. So, you know, in um, for example. And, and by the way, one of the reasons I've been at great pains to define sex tech is to separate it out um, from porn, because we are so narrow minded about sex that we we go, oh, my God, involves sex and must be porn. And that's not the case. In fact, my um, my all time favorite coverage of Make Love Not Porn was written by. Um, your colleague, um, John Evans, on TechCrunch, mm-hmm. um, he covered us um, two years ago, and he completely got it because he said in his post, the internet and the tech world has self-divided into two completely independent separate fiefdoms, mm-hmm. porn and non-sexual content. Okay. And he identified quite rightly that what I'm leveraging is the massive market in the middle that is sexual content that is not porn. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, first of all, you know, the porn industry, by the way, is very interested in and supportive of what we're doing at Make Love Not Porn. No one's tried to disrupt in a very long time, um, especially because there is no money in porn. Um, exactly the same dynamic as the music industry. Flood of free content online destroyed the old world order business model. Sure. No one's invented a new one. Um, I gave a talk at the New York City Porn Film Festival two years ago on how to make money out of porn, redesigning the industry business model. And then, you know, in the in the world of sex tech, 
um, more and more people are coming up with really interesting startups. Um, as I said, you know, female founders particularly. Um, but 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 here's here's a problem with. Um, and again, I'm trying to counter this all the time. But here's a problem with how sex tech gets covered. So in a male-dominated tech world, which translates to inevitably a male-dominated um, tech media world, um, it's a lot more comfortable when covering sex tech to default to the side. It's a lot the side of sex tech is a lot easier to geek out on um, and, and write about and talk about, which is the hardware. Mm-hmm. Which is why you know you will see that you know um, sex tech in the media is all teledildonics, yep. VR porn, sex robots. It's a lot less comfortable to talk about the side that I make love not porn operate on, the software, which is about um, technology designed to help people actually, oh, my God, having sex in the real world. Um, so um, the problem there is that when all of the coverage, support, promotion, championing and therefore funding um, goes to the hardware, mm-hmm. what we are doing is we are, you know, focusing on the side that is about pushing us further and further apart into our own little virtual world okay. versus the side that is about using technology to bring us closer together in the real world. Which do you think will have the more beneficial impact on the future of humanity? Exactly. Interesting. So what does the world look like in 20 years uh, if if you do your job right? So... Um, can I just say, I love the way you've asked that question, because I, I usually, when, when I'm doing media interviews, um, I frequently get asked, so, Cindy, when do you think all of this will change? You know, when do you think we'll be less of it? And that's a point at which I, I start laughing. And I explain I'm not laughing at the person who's asked the question. I'm laughing at the fact they've asked that question in the passive tense. Mm-hmm. All of this changes when you and I and everybody else make it change. And I don't wait for things to change. I make them change. And so here's, um, here's what the world will look like in 20 years' time as a result of I and every other sex entrepreneur actively making it work the way we want it to. And my favorite quote of all time, by the way, is Alan Kay, who said, in order to predict the future, you have to invent it. Mm-hmm. So um, when I say that um, Make Love Not Porn has one single-minded mission to help make it easier for the world to talk about sex, because we don't talk about sex, um, people don't understand how massively profoundly fundamental the beneficial impact of that would be. Um, here's what that looks like. I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own um, philosophies, one of which is that everything in life and business starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question. What are your sexual values? And no one can ever answer me because we're not taught to think that way. Mm -hmm. Many of us, if we're lucky, are born into families where our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, a sense of responsibility, accountability. No one ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should because they're... Empathy, sensitivity, Mm. generosity, kindness, honesty are as important as they are in every other area of our lives and our work where we are actively taught to exercise those values. So here's what will happen when Make Love Not Porn achieves its social mission. Parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior in the same way they bring them up to have good values and good behavior in every other area of life. We will cease to bring up rapists because we end rape culture when we inculcate in society a universally understood, operated, and importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values, good sexual behavior. We will also then end sexual harassment, 
sexual abuse, sexual violence, all areas where the perpetrators rely on the fact we don't talk about sex to ensure their victims will never speak up, never go to the authorities, never tell anybody. And when we do all of that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide in a way that creates a far better world for everybody. Make Love Not Porn operates in the single biggest market of them all. Not sex, not porn, the market of human happiness. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what I want to take out to every other manifestation of sex tech, because we quite literally transform the future of humanity when we normalize, socialize, um, embrace sex and are completely open and honest about it as a fundamental part of humanity and a huge part of how humanity feels about itself and its relationships with other in a way that could quite honestly bring us one step closer to world peace. That's wonderful. That really is. I mean, it's, I, I, look at, I look at a lot of the things that you've mentioned before, the VR, the teledildonics. All this stuff that's basically a toy, uh, and I think that's I think that's one of the words that really damages the sex tech industry: the idea of a toy uh, versus. Oh, oh my a... God, you're so right. You're so right, John. And and, and also, but by the way, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I mean, in the same way that people don't see the full potential of the blockchain. Um, you know, um, where um, people think that sex tech is just sex toys, mm-hmm. we have not even begun to see what technology can do in this area of the universal human use case, and quite frankly, the biggest marketplace of them all. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. All right, so so you need a you need so any any, any uh, investor who's listening, so you have to you have to help Cindy out. Uh, we have to get you. Cindy at makelovenotporn.com. Okay, and we have to get you uh, we have to get you somebody to help you build a fund. And I think that's uh, that shouldn't that shouldn't be too difficult. I, I can't. I, I wish uh, I wish you had told me sooner. We'll figure something out. We'll we'll, we'll figure out something out together. Oh, my God, John, I would adore that. And by the way, um, you know, I, um, you know, for your listeners, I'm looking for investors in two areas that actually operate at the opposite ends of the spectrum. So on the one hand, I'm looking for investors who understand this is the ultimate form of impact investing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how you make a huge amount of money and do a huge amount of social good at the same time. But at the other end, I'm looking for investors who want to make an absolute goddamn fucking shit ton of money and don't care how. (laughs) Because you don't need to get why I'm doing what I'm doing to know that I want to make a colossal amount of money for you. And if you invest in me, you know, I guarantee I will. And, and, And by the way, John, you know, I make the point that, you know, of all entrepreneurs, we sex tech entrepreneurs are the ones to back because we are forged in fire. Every obstacle a tech startup encounters have a sex tech startup triple them. Mm-hmm. We have so many more barriers um, than the average entrepreneur. And, um, um, and incidentally, um, that's part of what, what by the way, um, makes this um, a particularly um, a lucrative investment opportunity because it's a very high barrier to entry sector, which means that any venture is, you know, two to three years ahead of, ahead, ahead of the competition, especially um, when you have me, you know, championing, um, I mean, the entire portfolio that, that, that I intend to build with, um, with all the sky. Um, so, you know, uh, um, um, you really, you don't, you don't have to get it. You don't have to want to deliver on the social mission to know that every other big bet mm-hmm. ever made in the history of tech pales against sex tech. And this is the way to make the kind of money that, you know, quite frankly, Silicon Valley has not yet seen. 
And the interesting thing is this is also this also neuters one of the biggest weapons that humans have had over each other for for centuries, uh, especially with the in the most religious centuries. Interesting. It's beautiful. All right. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you like it. Yeah. I really appreciate hearing that. Great stuff. So, Cindy Gallup, where can people find out more? It's makelovenotporn.com. Um, it is indeed. And you can email me, Cindy at makelovenotporn.com. Um, and, you know, I would I would love to hear from and engage with anybody who believes in what I'm doing, you know, is interested in funding and supporting it. And also, um, by the way, John, you know, something that also frustrates me is when you are a sex tech founder, not only is there a lack of access to capital, there is also a lack of access to expertise. Mm-hmm. Because any other founder can, at the very least, ask, you know, seasoned veterans, you know, VCs for advice, input, you know. When you're a sex tech founder, A, nobody takes you seriously, and B, people are so uncomfortable they don't even want to have the conversation. You know, and I look at, you know, um, you know every TechCrunch post that comes across um, my screen that says, you know, so-and-so's raised $30 million in funding or whatever. I look at that, and I'm especially envious, um, not of the funding, but of the fact that what that means is, you know, so-and-so, you know, now has on their board – um, such and such, opening doors, advising, bringing mm-hmm. all of their wealth of experience and expertise. Oh, my God. You know, um, the, the very fact, by the way, that Make Love Not Porn is still going four years later in the face of all these challenges makes a huge statement. Mm-hmm. In a world where 95% of all startups fail. You know, we, we, I, I tell my team regularly, we have to celebrate the fact we're still here. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, the way that we and sex tech could fly not only with investment, but with the wealth of business expertise and strategic partnerships and door opening and championing that that other tech startups get. Imagine all of that applied to this category that nobody else has wanted to to, to go to. And, And you get a sense of why, you know, I say quite seriously, this is the next trillion dollar category in tech. Yeah, and it's and it's it's frustrating because all these SF guys are running around going to Burning Man and uh, oh. and wearing and wearing furry bras, uh, and yeah. and then they refuse to they refuse to go yeah. forward. Yeah, but, um, I mean, John, at the most basic level, okay, um, received investing wisdom says mm-hmm. invest in what you love <laughs> doing, invest in what you feel passionate about, invest in what you use all the time yourself. And I. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I Actually, I had this conversation a couple of years ago with Eric Torrenberg of Product Hunt. And by the way, I adore Product Hunt. Mm-hmm. But the Product Hunt team could not have been more supportive of me and Make Love Not Porn. Sure. And so Eric invited me onto the Product Hunt stage at launch um, in San Francisco a couple of years ago and interviewed me about all of this. And I said to him, because I wanted the audience um, in San Francisco to hear this, I said, you know all those you know, big VCs and angel investors in Silicon Valley who claim they don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks? You'd be amazed quite how many fucks exactly. it comes to sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has this has gone over, and now I have to put an explicit uh, tag on the on the podcast. But I'm glad. <laughs> I really am. Uh, Cindy, thank you for joining us in Technotopia. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. MakeLoveNotPorn.com is the website. I'm John Biggs. This is Technotopia. We will see you next week. Thanks a lot, Cindy. Thanks so much, John. Uh,